Hi, you're listening to the Industrial Leadership Podcast brought to you by Schneider Electric. This podcast is made up of a series of informal conversations with leaders from around our industry and beyond about their own stories, what makes them tick as a leader, and everything from diversity and inclusion, careers, innovation, and much more. And I'm your host, Mark Eels. I'm the VP of Industrial Automation here at Schneider Electric. Thanks for joining me. If you have any comment on the podcast, if you'd like to suggest a guest, or if you'd like to talk about any of the subjects we'd cover, I'd love to hear from you. Check the links in the description of the podcast. My guest today is my colleague, Maz Hussain. Maz is our software leader for the UK and Ireland here at Schneider Electric. And in a break from the usual format, Maz will actually be interviewing me today. And that's because this will be my last appearance on the podcast since I've taken a new role at Schneider Electric and I will be passing on the baton to my successor, Kristen Baker. We'll chat about that, I'm sure, and much more besides in this special episode of the pod where the poacher becomes the gamekeeper. Hello, my name is Maz and today it's my absolute pleasure to turn the tables on Mr. Mark Yields. Um, by interviewing him in his in his last edition of the podcast. Mark, it's your last edition of the podcast. How, how are you feeling today? Well, a, a little bit of sadness, Maz, obviously, because I'm moving on to pastures new, but um, I, I'm pretty excited to share a few of my thoughts, actually. I've been on the other side of the table on, on a number of these sessions, and um, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a sad time, but it's also a, a reflective time too, Maz. I mean, it's uh, you know, just 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 for our listeners, it's my first time actually on a podcast as a host of a podcast. Lots of firsts over here. Uh, Mark, you sold this to me as a as a foray into show business, and uh, I, I'm just gonna. I mean, this is show business, right? It's about as good as it gets, Matt. So this will be the peak. I promise you. Yeah, the absolute peak. Okay, so. Um, so the pod will pick up again in September uh, with a new host, the person who will be filling Mark's shoes as VP of Industrial uh, and Process Automation, Kristen Baker. Um, so later on in the podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about Kristen and what she will bring to the role. But to start us off, Mark, I'd like to um, ask a couple of questions. Now, um, Mark, I think you know that I'm a little bit partial to the quizzing format. Um, perhaps this is a fact that you know about me. I mean, look, this isn't a thing that I bring up uh, a lot. It's probably a well-kept secret, but I was on uh, an episode of Eggheads, season 17, episode 84, in case anybody's interested. But um, the quizzing format, um, if, we, if we kind of go with that, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you, and, and you tell me who said this, um, and perhaps you can expand on that a little bit. How, how does that sound to you? Great, go for it. Okay, who said this? I just wanted to build Lego and Meccano and ended up as an engineer. Well, uh, I'm sure there's many people who've said it. I definitely said it. It's um, That's correct. That's the answer I've got. That's is, that, is, that it? is that it? Absolutely. Quiz over. Excellent. Yeah, quiz over. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that, Mark. Tell us, uh, tell us what, um, what was, was behind that and, and actually how did that get you to to where you are today and, and on your journey within Schneider Electric? Well, I, I think, Maz, if we if we take a step right back in time and think about, you know, what shapes us and who inspires us to do the things that we do both in our 
early early parts of our lives and then as we kind of grow up through our teen years into our 20s and then we start to you know grow up as as individuals I, I always take myself back to my childhood and I, I say this quite a lot where I I had a really really rich childhood now I, I'm not saying that um you know I was the son of millionaires in fact far from it but actually my parents, I believe, were the strong influence on influencers on shaping me um, as an individual. Very supportive, um, would do anything for both myself and my brother. Um, we were keen sports people, players. Uh, growing up, we would, you know, do anything: golf, cricket, hockey, football, rugby. You name it, we just wanted to play it. And when Wimbledon, Wimbledon's on for two weeks. We dived in to find some kind of tennis racket or tennis racket shaped thing um, to go outside and play with. So I, I do believe, um, you know, people have different inspirers throughout their life or people that inspire them. And um, I, I have to say their their kind of their outlook and their work ethic is something that I think uh, is instilled in me. Definitely. Um, and actually, you, you can I can see it now even in, in my own children as they start on their career and, and work journey, too. So. I think from an inspiration point of view, I, I always go back to my mum and dad, hugely inspirational people. Uh, and when I say supportive, uh, they were there to pick me up and they were also there to give me a gentle pat on the back when, whenever I did well at a certain thing, golf, cricket, whatever it was um, at that time. So, and I do think that was important in shaping me in my career as well, because uh, it's a resilience thing also. Okay, so I think back, you know, to a time when I was playing sport, Maz and... You know, you can't always win. In fact, when you play cricket, and I play cricket to a reasonable standard, you are more often than not not doing well versus doing well just by the nature of the sport. So actually, your resilience was really tested. And, you know, I remember, you know, my parents would say, just don't worry, worry about it. Just give it your best. Have a go. Uh, if it doesn't quite work out, okay, sell a V, but you've tried. And, I, and I, I try and work that way with my teams now. And I'm really encouraging to the point of just give something a go. You might feel really uncomfortable, but just give it a try. Eh? You never know what might happen. So um, so look, in terms of inspiring, I think I, I was very lucky on, on that front. I also think, you know, throughout, I've got a parallel careers really of sport and in the work environment. I was super lucky, Maz. I mean, I worked with and for some truly inspirational people. You know, even from the early days of being an apprentice at Perkins Engines at Peterborough, you know, a couple of my instructors there, Brian Pierce, who's, you know, I'm still in contact with today. He's way into his 70s, Maz. He's, he's just a phenomenal human being. And I've got so much respect and time for him. He really did help and shape the early part of my career, for sure. And then I also think about some of the captains that I played with, you know, at a pretty high level playing cricket and, and rugby to a certain extent, but more cricket. And, and they they helped me kind of, even though I didn't really see it at the time, but they helped me really shape me as a leader as well. I, I got some of the, a lot of the kind of, oh, they do that really well. So I'm probably going to do that. I think about that more later on in my life. And actually for some that did, in my mind, that didn't do things quite as well. And I also thought, well, I'm not going to take that. So I think, look, it's really important to recognise you know, those that have given to you as well. And, you know, like, you know, maybe some of the folk that I mentor or coach now, it's really just a pass of the baton down the line from those that gave me all their time. Like I mentioned, Brian Pierce, um, Gary Kirk, uh, Gareth Dean, Martin Walder, 
these people have really helped to shape me, I think, as a leader. And by the way, I've still got lots of work, lots and lots of work to do. So again, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the next period brings. But really, um, my, my route into engineering was, was really, uh, is another moment in your life where you think, geez, how am I going to cope with this? But actually, <laughs> it, it was a godsend. My, my maths teacher at school said, there's no way you can do A-level maths, so don't bother wasting your time applying. Okay, well, fair enough. So in the end, I went into engineering. I was, and as I said, I was lucky to get an apprenticeship at Perkins Engines, where the math was, you know, when we were doing HNCs, for those on the podcast and listening can remember HNCs, uh, that maths was really quite challenging, especially in engineering, as we all know, who, who work in engineering. So I, I'm pretty pleased that I managed to, more proof to me, actually, that uh, this was a skill and an ability that I had. And, and also, um, you know, going throughout my 20s, I then started to do a remote um, degree through Open University. And, and again, that, that challenged me, it challenged my family, for sure. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that period. And I, I think the, the other thing to state, Maz, is choose well if you've got, you know, if you get an opportunity to be with a partner, choose well and select as best you can i was really lucky i mean honestly i'm really lucky you know helen and i met when we were 19 we were married at 21 in today's terms you'd be thinking is this guy and this woman are they, are they psychopaths i mean probably we thought we were at that time but we're 27 years married now and uh you know without the support of helen and everything that she does for me i, I really couldn't see myself doing what i'm doing today and we, between us, we've made some sacrifices, right? So, you know, again, another form of inspiration is, you know, somebody who gives up quite a bit for you to go and do your thing. It takes quite a bit to do as a human being. So maybe that's, I, I'm not sure that's a potted memoir, but that's the memoir. It's absolutely a fantastic one. I mean, I, I've got so many things to unpack there, Mark. But uh, uh, I mean, have you have you inspired people listening to this podcast to uh, revisit their uh, marital choices? Um Certainly not me. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, but uh, just just a, just a few things that I want to uh, just want to. I mean, so we spoke about you know some of your your you know the impact of sports, and, and I think you know it's for for the listeners on the podcast, uh, you know, Mark and I often talk about sports. We're both very much into our, uh, our cricket, and 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 also for me, increasingly football as well these days because of my son. And and just a couple of things I just want to say. So. When I'm quite often on a Saturday stood at fine leg trying to get my captain's, uh, you know, catcher's eye so that I can bowl the next over. Do you have any tips for me, Mark, as to how to engage with with, with the captain? And uh, um, you're, you're smiling. You're smiling. Yeah. You, you probably didn't have that. You were more of a batter, weren't you? I was more of a batter. So uh, I was very familiar with standing at slip as well, man. So um, that that throw my arms around never really happened. Yeah, my, my advice would be to, to uh, take wickets and then you'll find that the... the take guy, wickets, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 the guy doesn't need... You don't need to wave your arms at him then. So no, um, no, no. yeah, be, be, be a good wicket taker. On a, on, a, on a slightly more serious note, I, I was actually at uh, Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago for a stadium tour. It's my son's uh, birthday present. And we managed to sort of, you know, do that quite recently. And we were looking at all the trophies. And I know, uh, I think, is, is this going to be an exclusive on the podcast that you are, in fact, a Man U supporter? And, and do we want to edit this bit out? Or, or are we OK? Quite, quite possibly, Mass, but quite possibly. But we'll we'll, we'll go on. with it. We'll go with it for now. And so walking through 
the, the you know the stadium tour and watching all the different um, you know not just the trophies and the memorabilia but also the videos around how uh, Sir Alex Ferguson sort of took Manchester United to those heights you know the number of the number of wins you know in terms of the different league titles and the Champions League and so on and so forth it was actually about a winning culture that he embedded in the team and I think that's something that struck out to me um what do you think is that kind of key ingredient that you take from sport into leadership around uh, creating a winning team winning culture what have you found in terms of a transferable skill I think there's a couple of points to pick up on there as the first one for me is around trust and having trust of your team your buddies your support staff if you're a coach I think that's really important and that that really does resonate with me in you know the leadership roles that I've been fortunate enough to be to be selected for in the, in the past number of years the other thing is um support and harnessing talent I think that's really important as well if you know, I always play with the mantra, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And uh, it doesn't matter to me whether you're 18 or 80. If if you have the talent and you still have the desire, um, we're away. And quite frankly, the simplest notion and the thing that we can all do is work hard. So, you know, if you're the person that likes to get out of bed and get to it, you know, even if you finish the day and you feel slightly um, incomplete or you haven't got something done, you know what, you got on your two feet and you did something. That's the easiest thing we can do as humans is get on our feet and go and do something. So so I think they're probably the main areas, Maz, that I've taken from cricket, playing, coaching, watching um, into, into my leadership, I guess, ethos over the past number of years. I'm hearing trust. I'm hearing resilience. I'm hearing um, trying different things. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, fantastic, and I think really, really good um, pieces of advice to to those looking to um, get into engineering and getting getting into a leadership uh, position within within this within this industry and any industry for that matter. So let's change tact a little. Leader of industrial automation, uh, three years roughly, Mark, maybe a roughly, bit more, roughly, yeah, roughly a bit more, yeah. So uh, you know, um, and and without sort of putting words into your mouth, but, you know, your most enjoyable uh, aspects of being a leader of this part of the business. And, and bear in mind, uh, you know, two, about two years ago, you brought me into the business. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, sort of, but what, what, what do you, what do you sort of feel in terms of the teams, in terms of the, um, uh, the different aspects of working with industry, with manufacturing, with uh, utilities, um, the customers, what was your most enjoyable aspect um, as VP of IA? Well, I think, you know, let's be clear, Maz, I took the role on in a pretty um, interesting time, shall we say. You know, we were kind of mid-COVID. Um, we didn't know whether we were allowed out, whether we got to stop in, what our customers were doing, how we should react, what kind of media should we use to communicate with our customers, how the hell do we communicate with each other, so it was a pretty challenging time. But the, the thing I really enjoyed most, I think, was um, building building the team. Um, you know, I took a, a I took the team on in great shape, left by Martin Walder. But really, really for me, exploiting the power of what different people can bring and shape to an organisation um, was really exciting. Plus, it really gave me a, a sense of 
you know, we can do great things. And people, you know, if we stretch support and give them the right inspiration to want to be an even better leader than they are today, um, that that for me is feels very empowering and very satisfying. And and I wanted, you know, I wanted our group, our leadership group in particular, and, and then for that to filter down into our whole business. Um, I wanted people to feel a joy when they come to work and try and solve some of the biggest challenges um, in in the manufacturing and industry sector. And um, I, I think and I feel as though we we achieved that as a group together. And for me, that was probably the most satisfying thing about my last three years. And take aside the performance and the results, um, but that really that really would be a standout for me. I I, I do. You know, when I reflect back, uh, I think at the time of recording this podcast, we're just uh, over three years uh, and a bit into the the first lockdown in 2020. And, uh, you know, reflecting back on that, it feels quite surreal, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, it's amazing how quickly time time moves, isn't it? It does feel like a surreal period. There's been some really good things come out of the back of COVID um, that's helped us as an industry think about how we shape what we do differently, such as, you know, the better use of digital, what we're going to do on sustainability collectively as a, not just Schneider Electric, but the broader industry and the globe. So that there have been some positives, albeit a very, very, you know, awkward time and sad time for a number. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think just looking at it, if, if I may, from a digital point of view and from a software point of view, I think some of the some of the accelerations that we've seen in terms of um, where our customers are choosing to invest um, uh, are, are very influenced by that period and and what subsequently came through. Absolutely. So so building building a strong team, taking over during a very difficult time, you know, in terms of the COVID situation and and not being able to necessarily see our customers in in some circumstances, uh, or at least face to face. Um, building leaders uh, within that business, uh, setting up for the future. Okay, so quite a few, quite a few highlights there, Mark. Um, low lights, frustrations. Maybe frustrations is a better word, isn't it? Let's go with that. And there must have been some. There must have been some. Would you like to share? Well, I, yeah, I look at this as uh, maybe opportunities missed or things that didn't get quite completed. I, I feel a deep sense of regret that we couldn't or frustration that we couldn't really supply uh, to our customers at a really important time for them and the globe in trying to solve some of the issues and get better performance and optimization um, for our customers first of all so that would be a frustration for me I mean clearly there's a big ecosystem um, play here which is way 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 out of you know my control, but it still doesn't mean that I wasn't frustrated at the same time. So that would be that would be a frustration. Um, things I've I've left unfinished. I, I think I would have liked to have gotten ourselves to a place where I'd have done a better job at coordinating around the industry to get more people interested in coming into manufacturing, automation, software, robotics. I'd have liked to have done a better job at that. I, I'm not saying we didn't do anything. We did. In fact, we did quite a lot, but um, I still don't think we've got that massive interest throughout the nation to to think that people could come and do a role in engineering manufacturing. It doesn't have to be a STEM-driven role either. So 
um, you know, people come and come in to be finance or uh, marketing or operations or performance, whatever it is, doesn't have to be from a STEM subject. So I think we've still got some demystifying to do um, about what industrial automation, robotics and software is. But um, I think they would be the two things that are stand out for me. So, you know, I know Kristen's pretty passionate around um, the latter um topic i mentioned and um yeah from a frustration point of view i hope we uh we see the back end of that real soon yeah so so frustrations around supply chains around global supply chains and 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 the impact on our customers and also uh, i guess uh the uh the the, the shortage in, in potential talent as well within within our industry and uh some of the challenges we have in in recruiting that talent in in, in the first place but uh but like you said, though, Mark, it's not necessarily a thing that uh, you've got to leave behind as a frustration and a potential regret because, you know, you've still got the ability to influence it in your new role. I mean, correct. I mean, and, and the purpose and the reason why I said the second point, Maz, was because, as you know, I have a real strong passion around DEI and um, an equitable and diverse teams, workforce. And, um, you know, you're right. I am absolutely making sure that in my new role as vice president of our secure power division, which works pretty pretty predominantly in um, cloud and service providers, but not limited to, you, you know, the same challenges exist in that space too. So I, I feel like I'm almost carrying my own baton over into uh, this sector and will continue to do what I can to make our industries um, as interesting to uh, the broader population as possible. Carrying one's own baton. I, I think I will file that away and I will use it at the appropriate moment. Thank you for that. Okay, so so Mark, this is your 20th edition of the podcast. Did you know about that, by the way? Did you know? Uh, it, uh, I actually didn't know it's the 20th, didn't which know. is well, amazing. amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Well done. You've had you've had quite a few guests uh, over over the period uh, over the period of uh, the last couple of years that you've been doing this. Um, any particular guests spring to mind? Any any um, anecdotes you'd like to share with us? Perhaps uh, you know for for for, a, for new listeners coming in, any uh, uh, episode you might want to uh, perhaps point us back to. So yeah, Maz. I mean, there's so many people to thank. I just don't really know where to start. But my first podcast um, with Kelly Becker, our very own zone president here at Schneider Electric in the UK and Ireland, and Jane Atkinson. Uh, one of the senior leaders at the time at Billfinger here in the UK. I mean, that was so interesting and such a thrill and an honour to have both of those, both of those guys in a room talking about uh, leadership, diversity, equality, and really giving our listeners some tips and um, helping them kind of shape their thinking was really inspirational to me. Um, I mean, on a personal note, as as Maz, as you know, I'm a big rugby fan. And having Rob Baxter, Baxter from Exeter Chiefs join me was an absolute thrill, to be honest. And the insights that he gave on um, leadership, leading leaders and letting players lead decision making was was fascinating. And um and the greatest thing about that for me was I, I then got to watch Exeter Chiefs train at the back of where we did the podcast recording down in Exeter. So that was fantastic. Um, of course, I had Susan Skerlock on as well, which was, you know, this was all about how do we unlock the potential of early talent coming into our industry and what policy is being made. 
Um, how can we think differently? How can we educate um, our children better, both in schools, outside of schools, as parents, as maybe community leaders, etc. So that was a fascinating discussion. And then my most recent one, or one of my most recent ones, was with Steve Brantley. And, um, you know, what a fascinating conversation opening up. You know, he was really vulnerable on that call, talking about, you know, his early career, what he did, some of the some of the learnings he got from some of the companies that he'd been working within and alongside. And he was really open about his uh, leadership and, and his approach to it as well, and maybe some of the mistakes he made. So, yeah, there's so many more, Maz, that I probably, you know, should mention here, but but they'll probably be the ones that... Uh, that maybe stood out in my mind as you as you asked me the question yeah, today. Yeah, and I, I, I was just I was just thinking about the 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 interview with Rob, which I think, as you said, was about a year ago. And I wonder if that interview had taken place more recently, if perhaps some of the more recent issues around uh, Premiership rugby might have might have cropped up and uh, and might have been discussed. But hey, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. We'll, we'll never know. know. Unless unless he wants to come back on the on the podcast again. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you deal with that, Mass. I'll let you deal with that. I'll let you deal with that. So we, you know, you, you, you're moving on into a new role and um, and we're going to have uh, a new leader of the industry and process automation team here in the UK, as well as a, uh, a new host of the podcast, the same, the very same person, Kristen Baker. A bit of a brief introduction, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I've not known Kristen so long, Maz, but um, what I do know about Kristen is, uh, again, which is great, I think, for the industrial automation business, is her passion for people. Um, her history around strategy, what I think will help as we, um, you know, as we move on to the next phase of development of our industrial automation business, where we see, you know, as we've known for quite some time, the industry needs better support and knowledge on how to best utilize software and its own data and the management thereof of that data. Um, I think it will also be really interesting to see how marry up and tie up the data and make that safe, you know, and cyber secure. So there's a, a, there's going to be some challenges there, which I think Kristen will, will grab hold of as well. And of course, you know, British manufacturing, um, contrary to uh, our own media is is in a pretty strong place and you know if you look at our exports in a league table standing from 1990 i think i saw this morning compared to 2021 we're probably in the same place in our global standing um somewhere around between seven and nine uh, seventh and ninth uh, i seem to remember from the particular stat so you know we're in a good spot and i think Kristen will be able to forge all of those things together I know she's got a strong skill set again around the strategy piece, but she'll get a grip of this business pretty quick and completely understand how to uh, marry up all the things that we're trying to do within Schneider Electric as well, such as you know bring Aviva even closer um, to our in industrial automation business after the recent buyout announcement. So yeah, Kristen's going to bring a different dynamic, which is great for the business. You know, you always need that fresh outlook, fresh approach. And I, I think she'll do a great job at that. I was also, um, I know exactly the stat that you're referring to because I also saw it on LinkedIn this morning. And uh, what was uh, intriguing to me was uh, the shift in terms of some of the countries who sort of got towards the top of that leaderboard over the last 30 years. 
um, and, and in particular a shift, I guess, to the east in some respects uh, f- from a global perspective. Uh, let's uh, let's go with that uh, that famous question. Then the final question, really, uh, for you as part of this interrogation, Mark. Um, in terms of the the advice that you would give to a younger Mark Eels, and uh, you know, but perhaps looking back at when you were starting off your career at Perkins, or maybe even before then. Um, maybe when you are sort of hanging up your, your cricket bat, uh, you don't really hang up your cricket bat, you hang up your gloves, don't you? I should really know that. I've been playing for many years. Um, but uh, perhaps when, you know, at that stage of your of your career, what, what advice would you give to your younger self? What would you say knowing what you know now? It's a great question. And I think, I think the first thing I would say is um, for anyone is just to be authentic. So j- just be you. But be really curious and educate yourself on people and the dynamic of people. I, I, to be frank, Maz, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I, I thought all that stuff was absolute nonsense. Frankly, I, I really did. I thought, well, if I've got the psyche and I can stand here with you know some fast bowler throwing a ball down at me at 90 miles an hour, why can't everybody else? And um, but what you learn as you get older, of course, through education and again, going back to your first question around inspirational leaders that I've had the pleasure of working for, you know, I, I think it's really important to recognize that not everyone is the same. And I, I feel really happy, actually, for our early talents coming into Schneider Electric. They get the opportunity to understand um, what what is their makeup. Uh, but more importantly, they understand what the makeup of others is and how they like to be um, spoken to, how they like to be worked with, how they like to operate in teams. And and I think that is such a valuable tool to set you up in in your, well, certainly through your 20s, 30s, and then into your your kind of halcyon years of your career. So I would definitely be saying to my younger self, stop being so obnoxious and really get yourself uh, tuned in and educated on the power of people. Bear in mind, this was in, let's call it the 90s for now. So, um, you know, it maybe some of the science did or didn't exist at the time. It wasn't so prevalent as I think it is now, but I would certainly be telling myself, get educated on that piece. Why would I say that? I think when I had the opportunity to um, work with, uh, for me, one of the, the strongest guys who changed my my career and actually the way that I, I I outlook on life, it was a gentleman called Jeff from Proteus International. And in fact, I'm connecting with him later on today for the first time in, in about 15 years since I first went on this leadership um, course. And he, he really changed me um, as a person, as an individual, and it was an early part of my leadership career. And he helped me see that actually, you know, treat people as they want to be treated. And I think, do I always get it right, Maz? No, I don't. I'm a human being. I don't always get it right. But um, I think it's a really important piece of advice that I was given that I would pass on to someone else. The, the other thing that I did want to say on this podcast is there were two things that really shaped me, I think, uh, that happened in my personal life. The first one was um, when one of my mates got killed in a car crash in um and i was in my what late teens at the time we had great fun he was just the life and soul of everything i mean some people might say he's a little bit of a head case and he was but that was the thing that i loved about him and um 
you know, clearly it was a sad time at that point, especially when you're 18. You know, it's, it's a really tough thing to take. And then I was, you know, Maz, the one thing we haven't spoken about, I haven't spoken about is being a rugby coach. And, you know, I was extremely fortunate to be around, you know, five of the guys who were equally as passionate as I was about the rugby team at Peterborough from the age of under eights to under 18s. And um, I, I will never forget, and that friendship still lasts today, and I'll never forget the great times, the sad times. I'll never forget it. But the other piece of thing, you know, the other, I guess, moment in my life that shaped me a little bit was, sadly, one of the guys in our team um, decided to take his own life. And it still haunts me today, just thinking about what could we have done, I have done, as, as his coach. Is there anything that we could have spotted, seen, anything? to be frank, um, that that could have stopped that happening. And the reason why I mention this, Maz, is that I tell this story quite frequently if I I bring on or I'm I'm introduced to a new group of people that I have to lead. And the reason I say it is because, and I go right back to the start where my mum and dad would say, just give it a go. Because those two people don't have a chance to give it a go. So... I just think, well, just try it. You know, as long as nobody dies or the share price of Schneider Electric doesn't crash, what have I got to lose? And actually, more positively, what could I possibly learn out of this experience? So, you know, for the second piece, just check in on people every now and again. You know, just drop a WhatsApp, just a text, whatever it is. Um, just, Just do that. And that would be the advice I would give to my younger self and for those that are aspiring leaders as well, that your teams, they will have tough times. You will have tough times, but embrace, acknowledge, and work out the best way to support those teams. Um, The other and final thing I will say, Maz, if if you're not enjoying being a leader, you don't enjoy the challenge, you don't enjoy the opportunities that are presented to you, um, leave it quickly so that you don't ruin somebody else's career. Get out of it. I love it. I think it's one of the most it's one of the most valuable things I've done in my life. And it's an honor, quite frankly, to lead people and, you know, be heading up uh, a business at Schneider Electric, uh, where I'm extremely passionate about what we believe in. And um, yeah, just if you think you want to get into it, test yourself on a few smaller projects first where you can demonstrate how you can be the, you know, eventually you can be one of those aspiring leaders, too. So yeah, I think that's the uh, they're the things I tell myself. And if if you're an aspiring leader out there, test yourself every day. You don't have to be a leader to behave like one. You don't have to be a leader to behave like one. Wow, I think uh, that's a fantastic note on which to perhaps uh, end the twentieth edition of this podcast. Thank you very much, Mark, um, and um, uh, hopefully our, our listeners will get to hear your uh, your views again at some point in the future perhaps well i look forward to that maz and uh yeah we're uh, we're already on with the uh production team publication team on to secure power 2.0 ipod ipods whatever they are podcasts <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're on with that right now so but um thank you for uh for hosting me maz a pleasure thank you very much and that's it it was great to chat with maz and i look forward to listening to the podcast when it picks up again in the autumn with Kristen in the chair. All that's left for me to say now is thank you, listeners. It's been a real highlight of my time in the role to develop the pod over the past couple of years. And thanks to all of the brilliant guests 
who have been so honest, open, and insightful. That's all from me for now, but stay tuned for much more leadership insight from Schneider Electric coming your way very soon. Thank you.